Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Jesus, praise, praise him. Um, awesome. No, I'm honored to hang out with you guys. We're back after a month of being gone on Sundays. We just had our baby boy, Ira. We're stoked. First baby boy. It's amazing. Um, Jesus, I'm so undone from that time of worship. I just want to keep going. And everything uh, Joan was sharing, goodness gracious. I'm like, please share for hours, Joan. Just take this mic, take it away. Goodness. Um, come on, Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness in you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a fun one this morning because uh, I had some things that I felt like I was meditating on, and then just during worship, there was a whole, whole download of things. So um, I was meditating on one scripture, you know, in this holiday season. This is powerful. The, the, the apostles, I believe it was um, Peter and John walking up to a gate called Beautiful, and there's a, a, a beggar who's lame. Everybody in the town knew that beggar, and he says, uh, you know, he's begging for money, and they say, silver or gold we do not have, but what we have we give to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Yeah? yeah? Oh, my goodness. Some, some might feel like, man, I don't, I don't have gifts to give. What if I challenge you and say that you are the gift, because the gift lives in you? Yeah? The gift lives in you. What if going to these family gatherings, you know, that some may be anxious at, you know, of, of going to certain family reunions and things during this time. What if, uh, I, I heard one pastor say, you know, you don't, you don't need to sell the fruit, you just let people pick it. Yeah? It's not about, you know, showing up and being like, I'm going to be, I'm going to shine. I'm really going to shine. And they're going to see, I love God. Yeah? You just, you just get to be you. And people get to pick the fruit and go, there's something different about you. You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. The Bible says that Jesus, let's talk a little Christmas right now. Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers. The firstborn. What does that mean for you? Whoa. You're one of the many. Oh, it's all about Jesus, and when you make it all about Jesus, he puts all of himself in you. Oh, what would it look like to not just celebrate Christmas, but what would it look like to literally become Christmas to people every day of the year? Oh, Jesus. I just get happy about this stuff. Oh, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Um. <laughs> If you don't know me, by the way, my name's Jimmy. I'm the young adults pastor here. I just love God a lot. Part-time barista at Hidden House Coffee, shout out. Let's go. Um, whew. Praise God. It's going to be a little nugget Sunday, okay? So everyone's going to walk away with a different nugget, and it's going to be really good. Um, 
It's on my phone, actually. I thought I wrote this down. It's actually, I typed it down. Here we go. Did I leave it on my chair? Oh, there it is. All right, hiding. Where did this thing go? I also refuse to um, create any analogies of the new Spider-Man movie as to not uh, give away any spoilers. So you're welcome. I won't do that, although I very well could. It was just so good. I won't do it. <laughs> Man, I loved everything Joan was sharing. That was just, that was so powerful. That was, I feel like we could just take all that, wrap up, and go home and just chew on that. that there was so much packed into that. And even, even what Penny was sharing in the midst of her announcement, some things I want to talk about. So let's just, let's, uh, let's go here. Let's go here. Mark 7. Can we, can we open up our Bibles? Let's read some Bible. The Bible is so good, guys. You want to be healthy, running, stable? Read the Bible and believe it every day. Yeah? Don't just, you know, get the bread from Sunday, preach. Daily bread. Every single day. Chew on it. Yes. Yes. Um, Holy Ghost. All right. Mark 7. Mark 7, 5 through 9. I feel like this will be a, a prophetic, you know, corporate word, too, of, of God doing something new, God doing something fun. Obviously, we're moving into a new building, and things are going to look different. I'm, you know, just to be a little selfish, I love the idea of afternoon service. Sounds great to me. In the mornings, I'm still waking up a little bit. But um, anyways, um, I feel like this will be a timely word because I feel like God wants to do something new, and, and are we going to be okay with it? Whew. All right, Mark 7, verses 5 through 9. I'm just going to, we're just going to meditate on some of this right here. So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the scribes. Hey-o. Jesus is basically talking to the religious leaders of the day. Um, And it's powerful. So Mark 7, verse 5 through 9 says here, then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men, For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. He said to them, all too well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Um, Further on, you'll read, you know, Jesus specifies how they were altering the law. And they were, it was to their benefit. They created man-made traditions and customs. And um, it was to their benefit, basically, you know, and, and people, they had to, uh, there was like an offering to God that was set up. I'm basically not going to go into those scriptures right now. Um, But they basically took the law and then they said, look, how about this? We can compromise the law if it means we get some some blessing from it and and the temple gets blessed and we get a salary increase and it'll be good. Don't worry about it, you know? Um, 
Whoo! But you know, there's a, st- a fun story connected to this. Thank you, God. Um, you know, what does it look like if, if God wants to manifest himself in our midst, say on a Sunday, say, say you're hosting Bible studies, say you got a plan to gather people up, preach the gospel. Maybe, you're, maybe you are an evangelist. You love to go out and preach the gospel. But, but what if God, in your methodology of doing those things, wants to mix things up? And what if you've read a lot of books on evangelism? What if you've read a lot of books on church growth and statistics on how to do the Christian life a certain way, and you'll see an increase in this, these different ways? Of course, not knocking on, on those methodologies. There's nothing inherently wrong with them or, or different traditions and customs and things. Um, but let's just say God came crashing in and said, hey, I, I want to do something completely different. As far as the how-to is concerned, I want to do something different. I've been meditating on this, you know. If we make the how-to, if we make have-tos out of how-tos, we'll soon forget the who-to. That's just the road you'll go down. It's, and maybe this can even look this way in our, in our Christmas traditions with our families and different things, you know, and, and we have a certain way of doing things. And maybe we have such a tight grip on doing things a certain way, we forget to love the one in front of us. Yeah? yeah? yeah. I feel like, you know, yeah, we keep the main thing. The, this is my heart of this message, by the way. This isn't to condemn anyone. I don't even think as I'm reading this that this is like painting a picture of anyone in this building. I'm saying all this as an encouragement and an exhortation to us to keep the main thing the main thing. Every day. Every single day. Woo. I had one little fun story here. I, so I, I lead worship. I get the privilege and the honor of like going around to different churches, hanging out with different, yeah, just church families and leading worship. And uh, it's really fun. And I was at, uh, years ago, I was invited to um, a youth retreat, and it was a middle school retreat. It was hilarious. Uh, it's just a really funny. That was going to be really funny and fun time, but I'm there, and, um, you know, they asked me to play specific songs, and, and I was, I'm all about, you know, when I go to different churches, I'm all about, I'm like, I don't mind honoring the way they do things. It's, I got no problem with that. If they want me to play a certain way, that's fine. That's okay. But I show up and they said, hey, so, you know, at the beginning of the set, we want you to play a fast, upbeat song, something, because so, we know that, you know, from experience that this is how the kids respond the best. I said, okay. And they said, you know, and then maybe after that, go into something more slower. I said, okay. So, so here's painting a picture of a how-to, right? A methodology of like, okay, this is how they respond the best from their past experiences. This is how things work. And I honored that. I respected that. I said, okay, cool. Sounds good. So I grabbed a song, uh, grabbed a song that I thought was fast enough. Long story short, it wasn't, it wasn't a fast song according to their standards. And if I was being honest with myself, you know, if I had played any faster than, the day, than, than how I was playing that day, I, I don't know if I would be able to engage with my heart and my, you know, like it would have just been super technical. And, and so I was just trying to be like, okay, I'm gonna honor what they asked me to do, but I'm also going to be real with who I am in God and this is going to be, it's going to be okay. So afterwards, lo and behold, the leaders come up to me and they say, 
you know, we have never seen the kids respond in worship like that before. They said, we can't even explain it. They said, they were raising their hands, and I just, you know, they said, you know, you definitely didn't play the, the fast song we wanted you to play. It definitely wasn't fast enough, but it's okay, it's okay, it worked out, it worked out, you know. I said, praise God, that's awesome. Of course, my heart wasn't to come into this place and just, you know, turn over tables or do anything weird like that. Um, it was just, okay, you know, God working all things together for the good. But, you know, in, in these things, like, like sure, God, God can move through different methodologies, but how tight of a grip do we have on those things and how much, like I said, r- like right before this, is how much are we making how-tos, have-tos, and how much are we focusing on the who-to in the midst of everything we do? doesn't just have to do with church life. This can just do with daily life. Maybe, maybe you're going to the grocery store. You have the heart of an evangelist, okay? I don't, I'm, I'm highlighting the evangelist here. But you have the heart of an evangelist, and you're going to the grocery store, and you're just thinking, I got to pray for someone. I got to talk to someone. I got to pray for someone. I got to buy some. And meanwhile, you're not even focused on love anymore. You're just focused on what you have to do. You're focused on your performance, like Penny was hitting on certain things, versus love, just loving the one in front of you. The Bible says this really clearly. We love because he loved us first, yeah? So obviously when you're focused on the first love of God and you're letting your heart stay in that place, you're going, love is going to ooze out of you. It's going to be amazing. And people don't become projects that you have to, an assignment of like, I, I got to do this. They, it, it becomes an effortless overflow. It is a choice, though. So the work, obviously, is in your heart is to choose um, to believe something. There's another scripture on my heart. I'm going to go here for a second, side tangent. Bible says, uh, faith without works is dead, right? So it's not talking about dead works. It's talking about dead faith. It's, it's saying faith without works is dead. That, the faith that doesn't produce works is dead. Somebody says, yeah, I believe I'm a new creation. Yeah, I believe, you know, yeah, I believe that stuff. I believe I'm, you know. But then their life looks no different than the rest of the world. That, that's the type of person that says, yeah, I believe it. But it hasn't taken root. And that faith has not yet come alive to where works is overflowing out of them. Does that make sense? Faith without works is dead. So, so I'm talking about believing in such a way, really maybe just getting alone with the, even the Christmas story, guys. Getting alone with it and not just in the midst of the festivities. Maybe it looks like going into a closet, shutting the door and be like, Jesus, you're real? You're really real? You're really God? And you became a man? And you became a baby? This is crazy. You did this for me? And then you grew up and you faced everything I've faced. You've gone through every temptation known to man and you lived the perfect life that I can never live. And then you died for me as a perfect sacrifice. This is, you really love me? And, and getting alone with that truth until it goes from here to here so that you can live the life. Yeah? Ooh. Jesus.
So good, God. It's my heart today, guys, is that we keep the main thing the main thing. Let's reiterate that. I know this is like a super ABC message right now, but I'm all about just coming back to the ABCs of Jesus, coming back to the first love of God, simple gospel, remembering that this holiday season, I was meditating on another um, passage I read from an early church father that actually he was, uh, he, his name was uh, Ignatius, St. Ignatius, and uh, I was thinking about Christmas trees and ornaments and gifts and things, and I was, I was meditating on the ornaments in this passage, this excerpt I read from an a, uh, early church father, Ignatius. He was one that got thrown into a coliseum to be executed by beasts, wild beasts, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. But um, he was wild. He was a wild man. He just loved Jesus. And, and in fact, the churches, the church of, of his area pitied him. And they said, you know, we don't want you to go. And he said, please, you know, spare me. Like, I don't need you to weep for me. I need you to rejoice for me. I'm about, I'm about to meet my king, you know. And he's totally flipping this whole paradigm on its head. And one of the things he says, he's, he's writing this letter in chains. And he says, you know, I write this to you in chains. And then he, he highlights the chains. He says, chains, the fitting ornaments for the righteous. Whoa, that's just crazy. I was reading that one time, and I said, whoa. This guy's got a whole new paradigm of, of rejoicing in trials, you know, and joy in the midst of trials, and, and, and all, how all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted one way or another. It might not look like literal chains for you, but... Um, I was, I was meditating on the ornaments. I said, wow, this is amazing, you know, like, like even the star. I've heard Micah preach this before in, in previous Christmas time. Maybe he will later. I'm not sure. But anyways, you know, you got the star. It's like the star of Bethlehem shining down. And then you have the tree, you know, like the, the cross, you know what I'm saying? And through that, you have the gift, the Son of God at the, at the bottom. And uh, oh, my gosh, I thought it was powerful. But I was thinking about the ornaments and just thinking, my goodness, what, what? What a wild reality um, to view suffering for the name of Jesus in that way. And for some reason, I can't help but be up in places like this, whether leading worship or even talking to you guys like this, without just highlighting our brothers and sisters around the world who are celebrating Christmases in chains right now, you know. But, you know, and just it, it helps give some perspective, you know, like of our family, our actual spiritual family. And, and how to remain in this, in this perspective of, of, oh, my goodness, you know, we are, we're not the only ones, you know, wow. And then you also get to celebrate the amount of freedom we have here to talk about Jesus, yeah? The other week I got asked, I was leading worship at a, at a, at a lunch for the persecuted church, prayer for the persecuted church, and there was this pastor there, a Chinese pastor, and, and I'm like, who is this guy? He's so interesting, sitting all by himself. I go sit with him. Oh, how's it going? I'm Jimmy. I get to talk to him. And then uh, it, he was so humble, didn't say, oh, you know, didn't make himself to be anything. And then it turns out he's actually this really well-known Chinese pastor that helped, like, spark a huge revival in China and pastor all these churches in China. And um, I mentioned this name, Brother Yoon, if, you're, if anyone in here is familiar with that name. And he goes, I said, I said everything you're saying is reminding me of, like, Brother Yoon, you know. And he hands me, hands me his book, and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> And then I look on the back, and his book's, like, endorsed by Brother Yoon. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. And uh, 
even he, even this brother up there was sharing some things. You know, he was saying, you know, over, he was highlighting these. I don't know why I'm going here. This is, it ties into Christmas one way or another. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So Jesus, the son of God, we celebrate. There, there it is. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he talked about how even over there, you know, uh, when he was out there preaching the gospel, they had these, I think some of this is still prevalent in certain areas in China, but um, he said, for example, like some of the intensity of what they experience out there is that um, if, if you know of a secret evangelist going out preaching the gospel and you turn them in, you'll be rewarded like $100,000. Like, just crazy, you know what I mean? And uh, the amount of attention um, out there. And, and anyways, as he was sharing some of these things, he was, it, like, I was meditating on just like, oh, my goodness, we can literally just go to coffee shops and open up Bibles and shout Jesus, and the worst thing that will happen is people will think you're weird, you know? Like, that's just wild, you know what I'm saying? So just to, yeah, some perspective to even remember that, in the craziness of this holiday season, if you're going out shopping and things and just remembering, like, you get to be the light of the world everywhere you go, city on the hill. Like, and I want to hit home on that, and I'm just going to close it up right here, yeah? How are we doing? We're chilling? Holy ghost. Wow. I want to highlight on that verse again. Um, not that I just read, but one that I quoted earlier, which is, Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers. He's the firstborn. And what does that look like to meditate on that reality and say, Jesus, am I, am I really? I feel like there's some people in here that, that, that have such a view of themselves that is so less than how God sees you. And there's no way you could be like, well, if Jesus is the firstborn, surely I'm nowhere in the many other brothers. And... God doesn't want you to just celebrate the baby in the manger. He wants you to see the Holy Ghost that conceived that baby living inside of you. Because through you, he wants to birth light. He wants to birth change. He wants to literally change the world through you. Jesus is the firstborn of the Spirit. And when you become a Christian, you become born of the Spirit. A new creation. Oh, that makes me happy. Oh, my gosh. What does that look like, this, even this holiday season, to be like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm out in the world. I'm driving around. I'm, I'm shopping around. These things are happening. But I get to be like a city on a hill. I get to be like a tree planted by many streams of water. And I get to let fruit bud off of me and people who are, hustling and bustling, you know, they get to go, they get to encounter that realm you're living in everywhere you walk. And you get to be one of the brothers that Jesus is the firstborn of. Yeah? Oh. Firstborn of many brothers. And if that's you and you feel like, you know, if that's you and you feel like, yeah, I just, I see myself a certain way and and, you know, God is so holy, but I'm just so this. You know, the Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Um, be holy. Don't just do holy. Be holy. In the Holy Spirit, you've become holy. Holy. Maybe, oh, I'm such a wretched sinner, though. You were a wretched sinner. Past tense. 
But when you went under the water, you came out a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. This is how the world is going to see Jesus in you, is when you let him live through you. It's going to be really hard to let and allow Jesus to live through you if it's still all about you. But you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. Oh, it's really good, though, to, like, get alone with this stuff, too. What, did you share that one week? You said something about, like, uh, um, the, the time after the message is always, what was the quote? Yes, what you believe after a prayer meeting is more important than what you believe in the prayer meeting. I feel like that's the same with this kind of time together, you know? What you believe after this when you're on the road and you're actually in the world, you know? It'll actually test what you believe. It just will. And the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Yeah? Don't condemn yourself if you're like, okay, even if you know these things, and you're out there in the world to shine. This is, to me, guys, this is like what church is all about. It's about just being, a, a, more than just doing the stuff, it's about being him to the world. So this is the stuff that makes me happy. Anyways, getting this locked inside your heart in the world and not condemning yourself if you find yourself going, oh, I thought I had it. Like, don't live under that paradigm. This is another scripture I was going to go over, but I don't have time. It says... <laughs> It says that we've been given the ministry of righteousness. The, not the, it says we have not been given the ministry of condemnation, which was the ministry of the law. It says we've been given the ministry of righteousness. Come on, in Christ Jesus. And so what this means is when you're out there in the world and you're, and you're going to live, like you don't, you don't live the Christian life by striving to live the Christian life. You, you believe and you allow Christ to live through you. It's by faith, by grace through faith, yeah? So don't condemn yourself. Just know that any kind of voice, whisper of condemnation, shame, and guilt, those things are not going to produce righteousness. They're not going to produce the works of God ever. If anything, they want to deceive you to make you believe that they will produce righteousness through you so that you'll start living by your own efforts versus his. But put all that aside, guys. You will shine so bright if you simply receive the grace of God. The Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Since you're not under the law, you're under grace. So if you actually receive grace in those moments and maybe you're out shopping and maybe you got perturbed by, you know, some customer next to you or something and then you walk out of the store and you go, oh, man, that wasn't like Jesus. I didn't like the fruit that came out of me. In that moment, just know Holy Spirit's not condemning. Sure, he can shine light on things and say, hey, that is so not who you are anymore. What was that? wasn't even you. And receive his grace and say, God, thank you. Thank you that, you're, that grace is training me to show me who I really am so that I can shine for who you really are in me. Yes? Oh, God. So, anyways, that's the gist of all this. Is It's, it's about the who-to. It's not about the how-tos. Don't, I'll say it again. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun ring to it. Don't, don't make the how-tos have-tos when it's all about the who-to. Yeah? The who-to. Keep Jesus the center of all this, guys. The center. 
Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Keep it all about him. He will manifest himself. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Lord Jesus, teach us how to walk by the Spirit. God, this holiday season, Jesus, we thank you for your, the, the gift of your Holy Spirit that you've given to us, the best gift that has ever been given. God, we thank you that you live inside of us. You want to move through us. I thank you that you keep us steadfast. Hmm. Jesus. God, and I pray specifically for people right now where maybe you grew up with a paradigm in your mind of just like, yeah, God's out there and I'm over here and, you know, one day I'll be holy enough to get as happy as some of these preacher guys get and these worship leaders get. Um, you know, the only reason we get happy is because we never deserved it in the first place. If anyone deserved hell, it was me. I, guys, and I think camping out in the joy of my salvation, <laughs> camping out in the fact that, oh my gosh, I, 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 I did not do a thing to deserve this. The gift of God. This is amazing. He just loves me because he loves me because he loves me. And allowing that love to take root in your heart. So I just pray right now specifically for those that maybe grew up in a paradigm of condemnation, shame, and guilt. Whether through previous leadership or teachings or anything. God, I pray, just as you did with me, God, to open up the scriptures and illuminate the truth in the hearts of those people, God to show that who the sun sets free is free indeed. God, may we be gifts, walking epistles, walking gifts everywhere we go. God, would you help us to focus on what we're meditating on? Let the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, oh God. If you focus on what you're meditating on, you'll hardly have to focus on what you're doing because what you do is what you believe, is what you're chewing on internally. Who you what you believe is going to overflow out of you. God, help us to see our right standing in you. I truly believe that all right living flows from, from right standing with God. If you know how right you are with God, it'll remove any veils over your eyes. And it'll awaken such a burning faith in you to see the love of Jesus spread throughout the world. Woo! Father, we love you. We give you glory. We praise you. <laughs> Thank you for grace. Any nugget, any nugget you guys got in there, I just pray it just super blesses you. It goes deep. Keep it about the who to, Lord. Let us be just like let us be so ready to go where you go, do things how you want to do things, even if it looks different than past seasons. What in all of the areas of our life, I see people in this room, you're just going from one season into the next, and I feel like there's specific, there's like a specific um, thing for you on that, that even like going from this job to that job and how you're loving on the people in those different spheres is going to look different than how you were loving on the people in the previous season. Um, 
Wow, Jesus, thank you so much. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, God. Amen? Cool. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. Yeah.